This is the point in the show where I always do headlines about what we're going to talk about coming up later in the show. But tonight, I have no freaking idea because it's off the cuff. I'll tell you why in just a bit. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. <sighs> man, oh man, what a day. It is Wednesday. We're halfway through the week, thank God. But uh, yeah, we are live on Rumble exclusively across the planet, wherever you may be. I know most of our viewers are in the good old U.S. of A. And uh, wow, there's been a lot going on too. Personally, I warned you last night that I might not make it today. I made it. I had a dental appointment. I had a doctor's appointment. I was running my ass all over town today, but I made it. And, you know, I started to put the show notes together and I thought, I just, there's not enough time. I, I've got to get other stuff done. So I thought, let's have an off the cuff night, which means you'll get kind of a behind the scenes look at how I find the crap I talk about on every show, what I do, what I don't do, where I look, where I go. And we'll make some comments on the stuff we find as we go. It'll be kind of like putting the show together and doing the show at the same time. A lousy excuse for bad show prep? Abso-freaking-lutely. But it should be fun. You know, I thought about doing this before. I thought about I would just take my Twitter feed and put it up there and then just run through my Twitter feed and put it up and make comments. So this is kind of a little bit of that. Uh, and we will do that tonight. Coming up on the show right now, we will tell you about one of our great sponsors. And that, of course, is Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee, founded on the principles of conservative values. Telling you the founders of this company believe in the importance of hard work, family values, personal responsibility, respect, and of course, traditional American values. They are the best fresh roasted coffee. It is all done in-house. Be awake, not woke. Get some coffee with values. Exactly right. Blackout Coffee is roasted, packed, and shipped right to your door within 24 to 48 hours usually. That means that brown water crap coffee beans you've been buying on the shelf in the, in the supermarket, who knows how long they've been there? Who knows when they were roasted? Even if there's a date on the bag, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know. This stuff, man, you can taste the difference. You really, really can. I'm, I'm absolutely being honest with you. I don't bring on sponsors I don't believe in, and I believe in this company because it believes in our conservative American values. They support our troops, our first responders. This company is amazing, and they make literally the best cup of coffee I've ever had. I drink it morning, noon, and night, including on the show. Mmm. <laughs> Wow. And uh, I drink a lot of coffee. So I know coffee and I know this is the best. Blackout Coffee will also get you a special deal. There is a link in our show notes right down there. That'll take you to the website. Once you get there and you're picked out what bag of beans you want, you don't need to order a big order or anything. Just get one single bag of beans and try them out. You'll be impressed. Use our promo code at checkout, J20, J-A-Y-20, and that will get you a 20% discount off your first order. J20 is our promo code, J-A-Y-20, for that 20% discount from Blackout Coffee. What a company. Love them to pieces. All right. So we got a show to do 
and we don't have a show to do. So when I get ready, <laughs> I know, I know, but bear with me. This will be fun. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I've ad-libbed hours worth of talk shows before with absolutely no show notes or anything else to go by. So we'll just have some fun. And then when I get bored, we'll move over to our book, Lord of the Flies. We'll read a bit of that and off we'll go. So we can start off where I usually start off, and that is with my Twitter feed. Hey, Dan Bongino. Hey, don't forget Dan's show's coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. Right after us, we're done about 11. Dan Bongino comes up. Be sure to check him out. He doesn't need little old Jay Sheldon promoting him, but we love him to pieces. I've been a long, long, long time P1 lister, and uh, I never miss a show. So uh, Dan's uh, uh, posting over there on X. Let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, Pute Group is uh, still trying to give away money. <laughs> uh, Dan Bongino says, I tweeted a long time ago about BLM being a Marxist terror group. Wasn't a mystery. They told us as much. Boy, isn't that true. And now they're showing their asses again when these terror groups tell you who they are Listen to them. Truer words, Mr. B. Never forget the corporations that finance these terrorists. Mm. They have apparently called for a global day of jihad this Friday. Jihad is a holy war, according to uh, people who believe in the Islamic faith. The leader of Hamas has now called for a global day of jihad. As Mr. B says, keep your head on a swivel. If you live in big cities, you might want to consider taking a vacation. If you're really serious, you might want to consider taking a permanent vacation out of the big cities. Avoiding public transportation, airplanes, public events, not bad advice at all. Here we go again, Biden taking no questions, hustles away from the podium after giving a speech about Israel. Israel. Take, Take a, a look. look. We're with Israel, let's make no mistake. Thank you. Mr. President, what was your reaction? Turns, runs away, nothing to say. Typical. Oh, Pence, you know what? Give it up. Somebody asked the question, would you would you support Mike Pence as the next president of the United States? Not if he were the last man or woman or he, she, it on the freaking planet, you traitor. Mike Pence. What an absolute waste. Police breaking up a mass protest in France. The protest was in support of not Palestine, Hamas, cutting the heads off babies. That's who these morons are supporting. And thank God the police broke them up. Unbelievable. A Patriot follow train. Whoa, look at this. Poke, World Poker Tour channel live on Rumble. Really? I'm going to have to go over and follow that channel. How cool is that? I would watch that. Absolutely. I love poker and gambling, of course. But check that out. The World Poker Tour Channel, now live on Rumble. 
Thank you, Rumble. All right. This is the kind of crap that shows up in my newsfeed because these are the kind of crazy people that I follow. Washington Post to cut 240 positions as Americans turn away from corporate media. Good on you. Yes. Corporate media is dead. It's not got one foot in the grave. It's dead. And thank you, Elon and X, and all the other sites out there, including, most importantly, Rumble, where you can get uncensored viewpoints on news of the day. And they will not censor what you have to say, of course, within the bounds of the law. Duh. But between Rumble and X, we are kicking ass and taking names. And we're not just taking small bites. We're taking big bites. 240 jobs. Sorry to see Americans losing their jobs. But if you worked for the Washington Post, you probably should have known better. California's, <laughs> I love this. They actually called it the Ebony Law. The first of its kind in the country to prioritize the search for black youth who've gone missing. Now, if they want to set up a separate unit in addition to, not instead of, in addition to, which I assume this is, but there is a new law called the Ebony Alert Law, and it specifically focuses on missing black children. You know, this show is all about missing children. We do, every time we see a story, we talk about it. We talk about the tragedy, whether it's child sex trafficking or whatever it might be, and the tragedy that goes on. Missing children among the black community is an enormous problem. An enormous problem, don't get me wrong. It's huge. It's huge in every race, particularly among the black community. And so, strangely enough, I will hat tip California this new law is the Ebony Alert Law, and it focuses a task force on finding missing black children, children of color. Wow, great. Again, please don't take the resources away from every other race. But there you go. I have some of the strangest people. Here's something from Awakened Outlaw, at Awakened Outlaw on X. How hard is it for you to talk to normies? What a great question. Says, I don't mean attempting to red pill them. I'm talking about just general chit chat. You know, just normal conversation over a coffee if you do that. About things going on in the world that adults have always had. Like we used to have ourselves. And he says, I only ask that because I find it damned near impossible. You know, I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh, look, somebody got engaged. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's a lot of the hell with Black Lives Matter after they put that Palestine, uh, there's the goofball, that Palestinian uh, parachuter, Hamas parachuter. Frightening. Take a look at this. The Ford Community and Performing Arts Center 
community members gathering to protest Israel. One child had a sign says, Israel is killing children like me, with red paint, uh, paint splattered over the sign. Look at that crowd supporting these terrorist, inhuman beasts that are Hamas. These people are so brainwashed. Seriously, this Friday is not a day you're going to want to muck around with. They've called for a global day of jihad. And whether or not a whole lot of people take them serious, you know, you know, there are those ultimate brainwashed, mind-bended freaks out there, beasts, creatures, subhumans, who will take that to heart. It is dangerous, dangerous times. All right. Uh, so anyway, that's usually what I do is to pop through my Twitter feed and see what I can come up with. But then we start walking through the news sites that I have bookmarked. And that's where I get some of my other headlines from. I check through them, see what it is that I want to talk about. Blaze Media is one that I use quite often because they do a lot of great stories. Black Lives Matter Chicago. Yes, thank you very much. We already subscribed. Black Lives Matter Chicago shares a shocking social media post. This is one of the things we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, let's see, did they post it? I don't know if they posted it or not. Read more. Here we go. This is actually what I do every day. I go through these headlines. Now I don't see it. Nope. Don't see it. That's weird they wouldn't have posted it, actually. Uh, wow. Check this out. Biden admin has failed to remove 99% of illegal immigrants that were released into the U.S. since 2001. That means they have removed 1%. Unbelievable. Americans can't stop tipping despite emotional blackmail at self-checkout. Wait a minute. I've, I don't like to because I don't like to put people out of work and I hate self-checkout. Hate it with a passion. But I've never seen this. There is a way at self-checkout you can tip? What? Oh, I gotta, I gotta check this out. Tips are up 10 to 15% nationally. Unbelievable. According to the point-of-sale platform, Toast, 48% of Dragon transactions at quick service restaurants on their platform include a tip in the form of a card or digital payment, an increase of 11% from three years ago. Okay, this has to do with a restaurant, but it's self-checkout at a restaurant. If I'm going to leave a tip I'm going to leave some cash on the table for the server. If there was no server, I had to order at the counter, pick up my food myself, bring it back to the table, eat, and then 
check out at some self-checkout kiosk? Who am I going to tip? Me? Hey, I got no problem with that. I'll be happy to make that a tip. Absolutely. Give me 10, 15, 20% off. I tip myself. I did all the work. You got no waiters or waitresses. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, what else we got going on here? The Epic Times as another source I use. Always some good stories over there. Truth, tradition, and hope. Most of the stories, though, on Epic Times are videos, so I don't use them so much. But, uh, yeah, Carrie Lake going to make a bid for U.S. Senate. I think she'd make a hell of a vice president with Donald Trump, frankly. Don't you? I could see Carrie Lake becoming president one day. Let's, let's do a Trump-Lake ticket. And then in, what would it be, 2028, Carrie runs for president? Not a bad idea at all. Wow. First shipment of U.S. armaments arriving in Israel amidst escalating conflict with Hamas. I have been so busy today, I have not really gotten much of an update on everything that's going on over there in the Middle East and all that mess. Undeniably toxic ingredients in the HPV vaccine. Those are used quite extensively here in this country. This is a concern. Check this out. It's from uh, the Epic Times. Just go to theepictimes.com, scroll down. You will see that article. Wow. Wind turbines. You know, wind power, go green, carbon neutral bullshit. They are killing whales. Scientists, advocates, and the media at odds over the cause of whale deaths along the Atlantic coast. But it is absolutely happening. Former President Trump said recently, windmills are causing whales to die in numbers like we have never seen before. They're washing up ashore. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. You wouldn't see it, but maybe once a year, now they're coming up on a weekly basis, said Trump. Wow. President Trump also said only one whale had been killed off the coast of South Carolina in the past 50 years. And now those numbers are going up. It is a mess. And all for the sake of what? For the sake of saving, saving yourself some carbon, which we've already shown you time and time again. Scientists, Nobel Prize winning scientists have all said, all this climate crap is just that. Crap. Washington Examiner, you know what I'm doing? I'm revealing all my sources here. That's all right. It's what we do. We're up front and we're honest with you. Washington Examiner is a great site. If you want to check that out, it's WashingtonExaminer.com. And their headlines are always grabbers. Here's the shameful backwoods squad. AOC, Ilhan Omar, Tibes anti-Semitic remarks in the past. Whole article about them. Wow. House Speaker candidates. Jordan's officially claimed, right? He says he wants to be House Speaker, I think. That was the last I heard. 
Anyway, they're having a closed door meeting. Did they do this? They didn't do this the last time, did they? The House GOP closed door meeting to nominate the next speaker. Wednesday, a week from now. From former President Trump, Jordan has more public endorsements than Scalise. Jordan's been endorsed by Trump. Neither congressman has a majority. Most Republicans have not endorsed any particular candidate. And no clear winner is uh, obvious at this point. You know, I'm going to have to say... I'm gonna. I'm not stealing from Dan Bongino. I'm saying this because he is one thousand percent right. Do not get involved in the personalities. I don't like Jordan. I do like Jordan. I don't like Scalise. I do like Scalise. I hate McCarthy. I love McCarthy. You know, it doesn't matter. They're all just. Bullshit politicians. What matters <clears throat> is our causes, the things that we believe in, in our heart of hearts, the things that matter to us. Those things moving forward, moving down the field towards the goalpost, goalpost that's what matters. Forget the personalities. Dan did a whole segment on this, and I just sat there going, yes, 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 exactly. Because, yes, exactly. I don't care about the personalities. I don't care if Jim Jordan did this or said this, and Scalise did and said this, and Trump did and said that. What I care about are the issues that matter to us, and moving those forward and getting laws passed. Those are the things we need to keep in mind when we figure out who a new speaker is going to be and how he or she is going to help move those goals, our goals, down the field. That's what's important. And thank you to Dan for putting words in it because he is exactly, exactly right. All right, one or two more here before we uh, move on along. Who else we got? Daily Wire, that's always a good one. They always get some interesting headlines over there. And Ben Shapiro, of course, from the Daily Wire, he's uh, taken on Hamas and Hamas sympathizers. <laughs> good article there. Uh, what else we got? Oh, wow. Prevented dozens of casualties. An Israeli woman leads a group of kibbutz residences in taking down 25 Hamas terrorists. Wow. Good on you. 25-year-old woman led a group of fellow residents in defending her kibbutz from advancing Hamas terrorists, taking down more than two dozen. Yes, even as the Israeli defenders were outnumbered. Her name is Inbar Lieberman, security coordinator with kibbutz near Am, jumped into the action Saturday after hearing explosions when uh, Hamas launched its attack on Israel. Lieberman quickly armed the community's 12-member security team, set them up in strategic positions, and 
ambushed the invading terrorists. She herself gunned down five of these beasts, as well as the rest of the security team finished off 20 more during a four-hour fight. Good on you, hat tip to Ms. Lieberman. Well done. Well done. All right, and uh, what else we got? Oh, PJ Media. There you go. Folks, if I, if I can recommend a site to get your news and commentary, there are opinion articles on this site, so you'll find them there. But uh, this site, PJ Media, very even-handed, very well done, and a big supplier of the stuff that uh, we talk about on this show. Their headline, Hamas and Fatah explain what their war against Israel is all about. Wow. Look what squad member Rashida Taib left up as Hamas terrorized Israel. I'm going to guess that's the Palestine flag. Yeah, outside of her office. This woman who lacks any character, any decency, any common human decency. There you go. That is Taib's office. <laughs> wow. But you see, this, uh, and she's now doubling down on Hamas. Wow. Frightening. According to KGB defector Yuri Bezmanov, who, by the way, is brilliant. What If you ever get a chance to see the interviews with Yuri Bezmanov, watch. It will open your eyes. The things he talked about 20, 30, 50 years ago, we're living it. We are absolutely living it. It explains a lot. What's frightening is this man who has inside information and has always been spot on is now saying... It's time for a crisis. That's scary. I got to check this out because if Mr. Bezmanov says it, it's important. His warnings should never have been ignored unless our politicians ignore them on purpose. Foreboding prophecies come into fruition and we'd be insane not to take a look at what he said in a landmark interview way back in 1984. Now listen to this. It's not political wonky. You, you'll, you'll get this. He's been living in Canada since 1970, considered one of the world's outstanding experts on the subject of Soviet propaganda, disinformation, active measures. The defector warned us that the communists have a long-term four-pronged plan to conquer America without ever chambering around. The four stages are, now think about these and think about what we're living in right now. Demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and finally, normalization. Bezmanov says the plan is a slow process which we can call either ideological subversion, active measures, or 
psychological warfare. It goes through and explains in this article each one of those points. And when you're done reading this article, I guarantee you, you will shake your head and say, damn, Yuri Bezmenov not only knows what he's talking about, but he is spot on. Spot on, folks. So much is going on in the news these days. It's unbelievable. Have we got one or two more? Yeah, I think that's pretty much going to uh, going to go. So that's pretty much how I would put a show together. I, I know it's kind of a wacky way to do this thing tonight, but like I said, I wasn't sure I was going to even make it to the show. So I'm really glad that I did. And honestly, I'm happy as hell that you decided to become a part of that audience. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Hey, a couple things. Uh, there is a follow button down there. It says follow. It's like a green oval with the word follow inside. Just click it. It's easy to do. It doesn't cost anything. Absolutely free. And it really does help the show out a lot. I appreciate that. And also now we've, did, we've uh, begun to uh, really update our locals channel. Locals is that red button says join right next to the follow button. You can go over there. You can check out the site anyway. There's some postings. I used to post the show on that channel. I stopped doing that because it was a big pain in the ass and nobody watches over there anyway. Everybody watches on Rumble, so why bother wasting my time? But what we have been doing for the last couple days is posting private behind-the-scenes videos. You get to see me hanging around my house, making comments. I think I did a quick tour of the studio here that we're broadcasting from uh, yesterday. But you will get to see those if you are a member of our channel over there at Locals. So if you'd like to do that, and we have picked up a few subscribers over the last uh, couple of days. So thank you. Thank you seriously so much for that. It comes down to the equivalent, basically, of buying me a coffee once a month. And I appreciate that. Check out our Locals channel. We made it as cheap as it can possibly be for you to subscribe over there. You can watch even if you're not a subscriber, but you will only get to see the inside baseball stuff if you have subscribed to our Locals channel. So check that out. All right. Are you ready? Ready for what? Are you ready for a book? <laughs> Lord of the Flies, we've been reading. He is, uh, a, he's written by, he is, it was written by William Golding back in, published in 1954, was it? Let me just double check that. Yeah, 1954. William Golding, Lord of the Flies, and uh, we read one part of a chapter every night until we get to the end of the book and move on to another book. We're not quite, I don't think, halfway through Lord of the Flies. This book's been amazing. I'll be honest with you, I never read it as a kid. It's one of those books you're supposed to read, like White Fang and things. We did White Fang too, by the way. Uh, I never read it, and I, I don't pre-read these books. I read them as you hear me read them. First time I've ever seen the words on the page. So we discover it together as we go. And uh, we are... We are right in the middle of it. So let's continue on. This is William Golding's Lord of the Flies. He faced the place of assembly, and he put the conch to his lips. The others were waiting for this and came straight away. Those who were aware that a ship had passed the island while the fire was out were subdued by the thought of Ralph's anger. While those, including the little ones who didn't know, were impressed by the 
general air of solemnity. The place of assembly filled quickly. Jack, Simon, Maurice, most of the hunters on Ralph's right, the rest on the left, under the sun. Piggy came and stood outside the triangle. This indicated that he wished to listen, but he would not speak. Piggy intended it as a gesture of disapproval. The thing is, we need an assembly. No one said anything, but the faces turned to Ralph were intent. He flourished the conch. He'd learned as a practical business that fundamental statements like this had to be said at least twice before everyone understood them. One had to sit, attracting all eyes to the conch, and drop words like heavy round stones among the little groups that crouched or squatted. He was searching his mind for simple words so that even the little ones would understand what the assembly was about. Later, perhaps, practiced debaters Jack, Maurice, Piggy would use their whole art to twist the meeting. But now, at the beginning, the subject of the debate must be laid out clearly. We need an assembly, not for fun, not for laughing or falling off the log. The group of little ones on the twister giggled and looked at each other, not for making jokes or for... He lifted the conch in an effort to find the compelling word. For cleverness, not for these things, but to put things straight. He paused for a moment. I've been alone. By myself I went, thinking what's what. I know what we need. An assembly to put things straight. And first of all, I'm speaking. He paused for a moment, automatically pushed back his hair. Piggy tiptoed to the triangle, his ineffectual protest made, and the others joined. Ralph went on. We have lots of assemblies. Everybody enjoys speaking, being together. We decide things, but they don't get done. Going to have water brought from the stream and left in those coconut shells under fresh leaves. So it was for a few days. Now, there's no water. The shells are dry. People drink from the river. There was a murmur of assent. Now that there's, not that there's anything wrong with drinking from the river, I mean, I'd sooner have water from that place, you know, the pool where the waterfall is, than out of an old coconut shell. Only we said we'd have the water brought. And now, not. There were only two full shells there this afternoon. He licked his lips. And then there's huts, shelters. The murmurs swelled again and died away. You mostly sleep in shelters. Tonight, except for Sanarek up by the fire, you'll all sleep there. Who built the shelters? Clamor rose at once, everyone 
built the shelters. Ralph had to wave the conch once more. Wait a minute. I mean, who built all three? We all built the first one. Four of us, the second one. And me and Simon built that last one over there. That's why it's so tottery. Now, don't laugh. That shelter might fall down if the rain comes back. We'll need those shelters then. He paused and cleared his throat. <clears throat> There's another thing. We chose those rocks right along beyond the bathing pool as a lavatory. Well, that was sensible, too. The tide cleans the place up. You little uns know about that. There were sniggers here and there and swift glances. Now, people seemed to use anywhere, even near the shelters, the platforms. You little uns, when you're getting fruit, if you're taken short, the assembly roared. I said, if you're taken short, you keep away from the fruit. That's dirty. Laughter rose again. I said, that's dirty. He plucked at his stiff gray shirt. That's really dirty. If you're taken short, you go right along the beach to the rock, see? Piggy held out his hands for the conch, but Ralph shook his head. His speech was planned, point by point. We've all got to use the rocks again. This place is getting dirty, he paused. The assembly sent a crisis, was tensely expectant. And then, about the fire. Ralph let out his spare breath with a little gasp that was echoed by his audience. Jack started to chip a piece of wood with his knife, whispered something to Robert, who looked away. The fire is the most important thing on the island. How can we ever be rescued except by luck if we don't keep a fire going? Is a fire too much for us to make? He flung out an arm. Look at us. How many are we? And yet we can't keep a fire going to make smoke? Don't you understand? Can't you see we ought to, ought to die before we let the fire out? There was a self-conscious giggling among the hunters. Ralph turned on them passionately. You hunters, you can all laugh, but I tell you the smoke is more important than a pig, however often you kill one. Do you all see? He spread his arms wide and turned to the whole triangle. We've got to make smoke up there or die. He paused, feeling for his next point. And another thing, someone called out, too many things. There came a mutter of agreement and Ralph overrode them. And another thing, we nearly set the whole island on fire. We waste time rolling rocks, making little cooking fires. 
Now I say this and make it a rule because I'm chief. We won't have a fire anywhere but on the mountain, ever. There was a row immediately. Boys stood up, shouted. Ralph shouted back. Because if you want a fire to cook fish or crab, you can jolly well go up the mountain. That way we'll be certain. Hands were reaching for the conch in the light of the setting sun. He held on and leapt on the trunk. All this I mean to say now. I've said it. You voted me for chief. Now you do what I say. They quieted slowly and at last proceeded again. Ralph dropped down and spoke in his ordinary voice. So remember, the rocks were a laboratory. Keep the fire going and smoke showing as a signal. Don't take fire from the mountain. Take your food up there. Jack stood up, scowling in the gloom, and held out his hands. I haven't finished yet. But you've talked and talked. I've got the conch. Jack sat down, grumbling. Then the last thing. This is what people can talk about. He waited till the platform was very still. Things are breaking up. I don't understand why. We began well. We were happy. And then he moved the conch gently, looking beyond them all at nothing. Remembering the beastie, snake, fire, talk of fear. Then people started getting frightened. A murmur, almost a moan, rose, passed away. Jack had stopped whittling. Ralph went on abruptly. But that little un's talk, we'll get that straight. So, so the last part, the bit we can all talk about, is kind of deciding on the fear. The hair was creeping into his eyes again. We've got to talk about this fear and decide there's nothing to it. I'm frightening myself sometimes. Only that's nonsense. Like boogies. And when we decided we can start again and be careful about things like the fire. A picture of three boys walking along the bright beach flitted through his mind. And be happy. Ceremonially, Ralph laid the conch on the trunk beside him as a sign that his speech was over. What sunlight reached them was level. Jack stood up and took the conch. So, this is a meeting to find out what's what. And I'll tell you what's what. You little and started all this with that fear talk. Beasts, where from? Of course, we're frightened sometimes. We put up with being frightened. Only Ralph says you scream in the night. What does that mean but nightmares? Anyway, you don't hunt or build or help. 
You're a lot of crybabies, sissies, that's what. As for the fear, you'll have to put up with that like the rest of us. Ralph looked at Jack open-mouthed, but Jack took no notice. The thing is, fear can't hurt you any more than a dream. There aren't any beasts to be afraid of on this island. He looked along a row of whispering little ones. Serves you right if something did get you, you useless lot of crybabies. But there is no animal, Ralph interrupted him testily. What is all this? Who said anything about an animal? You did, the other day. You said they dream and cry out. Now they talk. Not only little ones, but my hunters sometimes talk of a thing that... A dark beast, a beast, some sort of animal. I've heard. You thought not, didn't you? Now listen. You don't get big animals on small islands. Only pigs. You only get lions and tigers in big countries like Africa, India. And the zoo... I've got the conch, and I'm not talking about the fear. I'm talking about the beast. Be frightened if you like, but as for this beast, Jack paused, cradling the conch, turning to his hunters with their dirty black caps. Am I a hunter or am I not? They nodded simply. He was a hunter, all right. No one doubted that. Well then, I have been all over this island by myself. There were a beast. I'd have seen it. Be frightened because you're like that. But there is no beast in the forest. Jack handed about the conch and sat down. The whole assembly applauded him with relief. And then Piggy held out his hand. I don't agree with Jack at all, said, but with some. Of course there isn't a beast in the forest. How could there be? What would a beast eat? Pig. We eat pig. Piggy. I got the conch, said Pigny indignant, Piggy indignantly. Ralph, they ought to shut up, oughtn't they? You shut up, you little ones. What I mean is that I don't agree with this here fear. Of course, there isn't nothing to be afraid of in the forest. Why? I've been there myself. You'll be talking about ghosts and such things next. We know what goes on, and if there's something wrong, there's someone to put it right. He took off his glasses and blinked at them. The sun had gone as if the light had been turned off. He proceeded to explain... If you get a pain in your stomach, whether it's a little one or a big one, yours is a big one. When you're done laughing, perhaps you can get on with the meeting. And if them little ones climb back on the twister again, they'll only fall off and see. So they might as well sit on the ground. Listen. No, you have doctors for everything, even inside your mind. You don't really mean we got to be frightened all the time of nothing. Life, 
said Piggy expansively, is scientific. That's what it is. In a year or two, when the war's over, they'll be traveling to Mars and back. I know there isn't no beast, not with claws and all that. I mean, but I know there isn't no fear either. Piggy paused. Unless, Ralph moved restlessly. Unless what? Unless we get frightened of people. A sound half-laugh, half-jeer rose among the seated boys. Piggy ducked his head, went on hastily. So let's hear from that little one who talked about a beast. Perhaps we can show him how silly he is. The little ones began to jabber among themselves, and then one stood forward. What's your name? Phil. For a little one, he was self-confident, holding out his hands, cradling the conch as Ralph had done, looking round at them to collect their attention before he spoke. Last night, I had a dream, horrid dream, fighting with things. I was outside my shelter by myself, fighting with things, those twisty things in the trees. He paused, and the other little ones laughed in horrified sympathy. When I was frightened and I woke up, and I was outside the shelter by myself in the dark, and the twisty things had gone away. The vivid horror of this, so possible, so nakedly terrifying, held them all silent. The child's voice went piping on from beyond the white conch. And I was frightened, started to call out for Ralph, and then I saw something moving among the trees, something big and horrid. He paused, half frightened by the recollection, yet proud of the sensation he was creating. That was a nightmare, said Ralph. He was walking in his sleep. The assembly murmured in subdued agreement. The little one shook his head stubbornly. I was asleep when the twisty things were fighting, and when they went awake, when they went away, I was awake, and I saw something big and horrid moving in the trees. Ralph held his hand out for the conch, and the little one sat down. You were asleep. Wasn't anyone there? How could anyone be wandering about in the forest at night? Was anyone? Did, did anyone go out? There was a long pause while the assembly grinned at the thought of anyone going out in the darkness. And then Simon stood up. Ralph looked at him in astonishment. You! What were you mucking about in the dark for? Simon grabbed the conch convulsively. I wanted to go to a place, a place I know. What place? Just a place I know, a place in the jungle, he hesitated. Jack settled the question for them with that contempt in his voice that could sound so funny and so final. He was taken short. 
With a feeling of humiliation on Simon's behalf, Ralph took back the conch. Poking Simon sternly in the face as he did so. Well, don't do it again. Understand? Not at night. It's enough silly talk about beasts without the little and seeing you gliding about the a, a derisive laughter that Rose had fear in it and condemnation. Simon opened his mouth to speak, but Ralph had the conk. So he backed down to his seat. Then the assembly was silent, and Ralph turned to Piggy. Well, Piggy, there was another one. Him. The little ones pushed Percival forward and then left him by himself. He stood there knee-deep in the central grass, looking at his hidden feet, trying to pretend. He was a tent. That seems like a good place to pop it off for tonight. Cool. Wow. Lord of the Flies. What an adventure. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Don't forget to hit that follow button over there. It really helps the show out a lot. We really, really do appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will see you all again tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>